0: Welcome to the Coaching Talks podcast, your inspirational moment to continue your growth journey. What does it take for executive to succeed at work? This week, we'll talk about how to assure a sustainable success, together with executive coach, Mark Siles, and the business coach, Daniel Pascual. How to be successful easily, in a short period, and without risk. There seems to be lots of articles and blogs pointing into that direction nowadays, Uh, but if you have tried yourself, you may have noticed that to assure a sustainable success in your life, those three elements don't seem to work that well. Today we are having the pleasure to have again with us Daniel Pascual to talk about what does it take to succeed at work. He is a senior executive, business coach, and the CEO of Vistage Spain, with more than 16 years of experience working closely with board members, CEOs, top executives, high potential individuals and their teams across many industry sectors around the globe. Vistage is the most trusted executive coaching company for CEOs with over 23,000
1: members worldwide. Daniel, welcome back to our show. Hi Mark, it's a pleasure to be here today with you and I'm really glad to share again with you and your audience some key insights from my coaching and of course mentoring experience.
0: That's great. So let's go right the way to the topic. So Daniel, what's your quick answer to what drives success at work?
1: Well, probably there is nothing new to discover or that we don't know about what you really need to have success Mm. because let's be honest, to have success takes time. It takes hard work and and consistency in doing the right things. Mm -hmm. This is something that everybody knows and deeply or is deeply related with the classic work and life or personal and professional balance. That is still valid today. In this equation, it is not only important what you do, but also how you do the things. So this refers to the personal component about your thoughts, uh, your beliefs, your behaviors, your attitude, your rituals, etc. All this is part of the equation. Perhaps the new thing to consider is that in a kind of a VUCA, where things are volatile, it's uncertainty, it's complex, there is ambiguity, Mm -hmm. this kind of environment to which most leaders are exposed to year after year, we have now higher risk and rewards at the same time because of the speed and of course of the overflow of the information and alternatives. This is why it is so important nowadays to stick to the proven rules and also the well-known advices that are still valid.
0: I agree with you, Danielle. And it seems to me that a big part behind what drives success has to do more with how we react when we are facing challenges and adversity. I have noticed a difference between those who perceive adversity as a threat or as an opportunity to learn and excel, especially when the solution will need some extra effort uh, and also time before it gets uh, it gets solved. So for you, like, which are the main insights you got during the last years on this dimension? Uh, Which would be the main qualities uh, you think that we can
1: work on to enhance our success at work? Yes, Mark. Um, If if I look back on my coaching sessions in 2018 with uh, thought leaders and CEOs all around the world, it comes to my mind a kind of list of key aspects about what qualities you need to develop because they will carry you forward. Let me start this checklist with, uh, let's say, mental health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you are stressed, And this can be at any level. You are not insightful or empathetic. This is a fact. You're less capable of listening to your customers or employees. And that means at the end that you are less agile and approachable. your business operations
0: we were actually discussing in one of our previous podcasts about the the impact of stress in our capacity to make white decisions and how mindfulness can help us with our mental health as well Uh, what else can we do about it
1: so have this clear in your mind your mental state affects directly your mindset and your motivation Mm. and those will affect your ability to lead so to keep your mental health up surround yourself with the right people and influences Be really selective. You are the owner of your life and with how you spend your time. So look after people from which you get something useful but also can give something back.
0: There's an extra layer that comes on the top, right? And that's when we interact with other people as well. Uh, How important is the well-being of others
1: into the question of success at work? It is crucial, Mark. It is crucial because to maintain the well-being of your staff. I do not know how much time you invest currently in getting to know your workers and in letting them get to know you. But this is so critical in order to know about the emotional withdrawals or outbursts, or about the sloppiness in their punctuality, or about the tiredness in their workplace. All these are signs that something is not as it should be, and you need to be aware of. You can handle these things by simply having a one-to-one meeting, but it's important, not in your office. Your office is where people go for a promotion, complain about something, or just to hear news. Go somewhere else, taking away the barrier of a desk and the power dynamic of being you, the boss in your safe environment make it just easy for them to unburden themselves.
0: That's a great point, Daniel. I think that this is the key as well to build trust and uh, without trust there is little that we can achieve on the long run right i've met different types of uh, height achievers and i've noticed that only those who nurtured that that transparency you were mentioning and trust were able actually to succeed uh, in a sustainable manner you also mentioned before uh, the the voca environment uh, in which we are in meaning volatility uncertainty complexity and ambiguity which means that we won't be able to predict always what's going on and what's going to happen and be proactive to find a solution. How relevant it is then
1: to be a reactive thinker? Yes, look, as a good leader, you need to be a proactive but also a kind of reactive thinker. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to use both approaches and know when to lean one way or the other. When you act reactively, you handle pressure in real time. So, You solve problems on your own and accept responsibility. When I see reactive leaders, they are like a firefighter making snap decisions based on the current situation. It can be really stressful, but it's great for short-term challenges and crisis situations. On the other hand, proactive leadership means you need to be forward-looking, confident and also analytical. But only looking to the future can often leave you disconnected from what is currently most demanding. My advice here is that a great CEO needs to be just flexible, not short or long-sighted, but with many perspectives and lenses, able to look closely at the present or the future and being able to get from one to the other really, really easily.
0: Wow. So it's long-term vision, short-term action and adapting to both perspectives, uh, according to what you're saying. Exactly. That sounds a uh, rather exhausting uh, mode to be in, to be honest.
1: Well, that's true. And actually, a very important aspect is to avoid decision fatigue. Mm. I read some time ago that the average adult makes like, it was 35,000 decisions every single day. So by the end of the day, even insignificant choices become challenging simply because you've made thousands of tiny choices already. For me, this leads to a fatigue of a decision-making process. And when your decisions shape the entire operation of a whole business, that perhaps is growing or struggling, you can't afford to make them white-tired. I see in many CEOs that decision fatigue leads to illogical and sometimes snap decisions. So to handle it, I would recommend to simply try to reduce the number of choices you have to make. Sounds perhaps impossible or illogic at the beginning, but you need to create rules and routines for the most trivial choices. This will help you to go through the small domestic aspects of your day without thinking about them. My proposal is to try to make your biggest decisions in the morning, when your mind is at its clearest and most productive. Don't overthink and try to take in every factor. Look for choices between ways of getting things done and make them within a set of time frame. That's really
0: interesting. I mean, this is actually an area which has been well researched. Uh, For example, back in 2017, Some researchers look at the decision-making behavior of 184 users uh, of the free internet uh, chess server. Uh, to discover at what time of the day players were making their best decisions. And it showed that whether you are a morning person or not, the most accurate decision making happens on the early side of the day, between about 8am and 1pm. And Other studies also point at the importance to take breaks to improve our performance during the day. You know, just on that dimension, Daniel, looking at the focus we should have on a daily basis, uh, which are the main soft skills executives and professionals should
1: Look, the four key qualities that great executives must master every day are empathy, clarity, passion, and humility. Mm. I see all these four qualities in top performers that really achieve to move people to action and bring businesses and organizations forward. Let's start with empathy. Think about it. When you're leading a team, putting yourself in another person's shoes, you can predict what they want, how they feel, and how they'll react to a challenge or a change. Empathy is a vital quality in effective leadership. It takes time to develop, but the investment is worth it because it allows you to work around personal resistance before it emerges. I know the daily agenda and the list of high-priority tasks of a CEO makes it quite impossible, but you need to find the time to ask questions. And you need to ask them about your employees. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about hours, but perhaps two to three minutes, of a high quality and intense conversations. As a good friend of mine told me once, you need to make short and simple questions and with the highest intensity. Put 100% of your attention on what they say and how they say it. Mm-hmm. Find out what that drives them on and really motivates them, what challenges them and what fulfills them. It's not just in the workplace, but in their broader life. Get this kind of intimacy This will allow you uh, to see and it will show you how the view of their business, what they think about the business, what they think about themselves, about the organization, and all this will connect with the existing culture and, most importantly, how their understanding is about the things that are going on in the company.
0: There are two types of people who will tell you that you cannot make a difference in this world. Those who are afraid to try and those who are afraid you will succeed. Ray, go forth. I think as well that what you said now, uh, being mindful and present during those type of uh, interactions is much more powerful than what initially uh, one could believe. As you said as well, it is a great source of insights and wisdom to be able to spend that time and focus with your employees. Uh, You also mentioned a while ago the clarity as part of the four key qualities to master. What makes it being so important?
1: Yes, to to have clarity in your business, vision statement, mission statement, Mm -hmm. and also communication helps you determine what you really want. It helps you communicate what you want from your team and which are your expected standards. And most importantly, It helps you tell people what to do in order to get what you want to achieve. Many of my CEO's clients confirm to me that when clarity is present in what they communicate, it helps to motivate and in a way it magnetizes the people around you. So take your time. Spend time. Invest time in defining your message, but keep always things simple. Articulate critical messages like the company vision in one sentence at a time. (laughs) Don't use 10 words where one will do. And then do the same with the objectives and the strategy.
0: And what is needed then to make that vision more powerful?
1: Look, your question takes us to the third quality, which is passion. If as the leader of the organization, you're not excited about your work, your vision, your goals and strategies, and of course, your people. So how do you expect anyone else to be passionate about what they do? That's true. I see many times that feeling passion for what we do is like the fuel that drives a business forward. People who are only in it for a paycheck seldom achieve growth. So, as a CEO, you must not only chase passion in yourself, but also in your organization. For me, after working with so many leaders, I understood that leadership with passion means to want things in a perhaps obsessive way and with a no matter what attitude. It means also to deeply care about things and building something that really matters.
0: On that dimension, I've seen as well some misunderstanding around being passionate at work and what it really means. Um, Mm. uh, It's being used as well Mm. as an excuse by strong egos to impose opinions on others. So
1: how can that pitfall be avoided? Look, Mark, really simple, with humility. Mm. And that is actually the fourth quality for me. Being humble and leadership don't seem to really go together. But I see humility as a powerful trait of a leader. I agree. It allows you to focus on the bigger picture of the business rather than on the person who happens to be in charge of it. So instead of validating yourself, you will recognize the work of others. And instead of protecting your own self-image, you'll openly admit when you were wrong without any hesitation. Humble CEOs seem to be more tolerant of imperfection they are more likely to recognize that nobody sets out to be a bad at their job. So that they trust them, even when they make mistakes and let them know that they see their potential. I heard many stories of CEOs being able when the situation is required to get their hands dirty and do the work that makes their company grow.
0: Thank you, Daniel. I think that was our great set of advice about which capabilities uh, we should be developing. Talking about empathy, clarity, passion and humility. It seems to me like the perfect set of qualities to develop, not just for an executive, but for any human being. Daniel, it has been a pleasure to have you with us again. Thanks a lot for sharing your insights with us.
1: Many thanks, Mark, for inviting me again. And it was just great yeah, to share with my insights and, and happy to work with you.
0: Likewise, Daniel.
1: I'm looking forward to
0: have you with us again in the near future. Thanks, Mark. So that was all for today, and thank you very much for being a loyal listener. Let us know if there is any topic you would like us to cover down in the space for comments. Have a great rest of the week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to our bi-weekly podcast and remember this is about spreading and sharing the knowledge so feel free to forward this audio to anybody you believe could get any benefit out of it coaching talks podcast your inspirational moment to continue your growth journey